Ole Miss has shown that it is serious about its men's basketball program for the first time in 100 years. We'll see exactly what that looks like. You're watching the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. You are locked on Ole Miss. Your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Stephen Willis, and thank you for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Ole Miss has shown that it is finally serious about men's basketball. For the first time in their history, they have actually made a shot, shot their shot, and that is going to get the attention of the college basketball world, the SEC world, and it's going to signal to their own fan base how serious they are about this. Chris Beard was officially hired as Ole Miss's basketball coach. The coach, you've heard the stories from Texas, but the fact of the matter is he was the coach at Texas. He had them in the top five in the position to make noise in the NCAA tournament that is about to start this week. He had them in position there. He came there from Texas Tech where he took the Red Raiders to the national championship game, a game that was ultimately lost to the Virginia Cavaliers. Before that, he won 30 games at Little Rock. We told you yesterday that we should expect success early on because historically, it is shown that success will come. It just will. He averages winning 23 or 24 games in his first season, 70 wins over three years between Little Rock, Texas Tech, and Texas. The lowest win total during that time frame is 18 wins. The highest is 30. So you can see that Chris Beard is going to be a success on the coach. Everybody knows that. Whenever fan bases talk about what's going on, the main thing that they're concerned about is that. They're they're using the other stuff as a real of an issue as it might be. They're not using that as a real issue for this. The thing that is motivating all this and them having a take on it at all is the fact that the SEC just got more difficult. it's It's kind of a weird thing. It's kind of a sad thing, honestly, but that is the way the fan bases act, especially opposing fan bases. It doesn't matter who Ole Miss would have hired. They could have hired Gandhi at head coach, and they would have found something wrong with him. It's just the way this works. The same thing with Ole Miss with Chris Jans and Ole Miss with Eric Musselman. We did the same thing with those new coaches that they are going to do this way. It just is what it is. But in 24 to 48 hours, this will all go away. Tonight at, I think, 5 o'clock Central or something like that, they're doing a presentation at the Pavilion for Chris Beard. I think you can attend and see what's going on. They've got the stage and all that set up already. Chris Beard has been announced. There's rumors going around about potential assistant coaches that are that is out there. I think um, Al Pinkins, I think that's his name. He was at Texas Tech with him. He actually was with AK here at Ole Miss. He's somebody they're talking about. Um, Georgia Southern's coach. There's a couple of names that are floating around at the moment. But it is what it is. This hire is absolutely one that is by far the best basketball coach hire Ole Miss has ever made in their history. If you just want an X's and O basketball coach, it's the best hire in history. Now, he might can argue with Mike Bianco, But he might be, Chris Beard I'm talking about, 
might be the most respected basketball coach in the country. Like, so he may be the most respected coach on our campus, say maybe Mike Bianco. And then you have a Sugar Bowl winning coach in Lane Kiffin, or Sugar Bowl appearing coach in Lane Kiffin that shows where that program is going. Absolutely amazing. Mike Bianco National Championship. Coach O back-to-back NCAAs, and they're rising each and every year. The major programs at Ole Miss are on extremely firm footing. And Keith Carter, no matter what happens, okay, there's going to be people that talk about this hire and how it might affect Keith Carter's job. Not in my book. Not at all. Keith Carter made a chance to make Ole Miss basketball relevant. No other athletic director has done that. No other athletic director at Ole Miss has taken a big swing. No other athletic director has taken a risk in order to get Ole Miss out of its ho-hum position that they've been in for 100 years. Now you have a coach that is going to market the heck out of the program. He's known for marketing. He was he is willing to be the little guy and go and get attention. And that comes from him being basically a coach at every level coming up and what he had to do. This is not something that was handed to him on a silver platter. He's had to work every step of the way to get here. So when building a program, that's the way he thinks. So I think somebody from inside Texas talked about he might set up for the first 500 students get free pizza at a basketball game because he knows that's the way to get students into the game and to get them here early. And it's all about building that repertoire between the students and the fans and the basketball coach. Because if we're being honest, the last three years, the pavilions have kind of been a ghost town. We have a chance to actually turn that into the cauldron it was designed to be. Think about what Auburn Arena and whatever it's called now went through after Bruce Pearl got hired. Remember the almost the graveyard that it was. It was a really nice graveyard, but it was a graveyard. It was quiet. Ole Miss went in there. Marshall Henderson popped his jersey the whole nine yards. But now it's it's absolutely a difficult place to play with the way that it was built. And Ole Miss's pavilion was built similarly to what was Auburn Arena. I don't know what the name of it is now, but you know that that's what I'm talking about, Auburn Arena. So, it's important to realize that this basketball program is going to take a step. We know that because every program he goes to takes a step. And this one, going from 11 wins to 18 wins to 20 wins, it's not that far of a jump. And the way that I see the way too early prediction for next basketball season is probably fairly similar to Vanderbilt this year. They're going to struggle early on. They just are. And then they're going, by the end of the year, they're going to be extremely difficult to play. They're going to end up with 18 to 20 victories and be firmly in the conversation for the bubble at the end of the season. That's what's going to happen to Ole Miss basketball in year one. Hope everywhere, every, recruiting the whole nine yards, they're going to talk about it, and you're going to have a team that is going to be worthy of your attention. It's going to match Coach Yo's Lady Rebels, Lane Kiffin's Ole Miss Rebels football team, 
and Mike Bianco's national champion, Ole Miss Rebels. You're going to have a core of sports, a big four, if you will, that is going to be extremely worth watching. Extremely worth watching. I'm just really excited. Anyway, today's show is brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel. It's America's number one sportsbook because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. What's that? Well, that's bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe. It's secure. It's super easy to use. And yes, I do realize in Mississippi, you have to go to a brick-and-mortar casino. But if you're going to Memphis, if you're going to Nashville, if you're going to New Orleans, the FanDuel app is available to you and is something you can prepare. As soon as you cross that state line, you can start firing off the bets. Man, it could be pretty cool. So the FanDuel Sportsbook, it even lets you combine your bets, by the way, for a bigger payout with same-game parlay. So don't miss out on your chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, grab your bracket and go listen to the Locked On College Basketball Bracket Breakdown with national analysts and insights from local experts. The Locked On College Basketball Bracket Breakdown has everything you need to make the most informed decisions on your bracket. Find the episode on the Locked On College Basketball channel where or wherever you get your podcast on YouTube. So that sounds pretty cool as well. First segment, we talked about um, Ole Miss finally getting serious about college basketball. First time in my lifetime that has happened. Um, they've flirted with it a couple of times, but they never quite got there. But now they looks like they're going to get there. And also, I wanted to remind everybody, join our subtext community. The link is in the description. So open up the description. You can cl- click on that. It's $4.99 per month. Month You can view it many different ways, but the way it works is new news and anything that comes out, it gets texted directly to you. You don't have to hover on a message board every day and wait for something to break. Whenever something happens, you will know about it. Also, we're going to have exclusive mailbags, exclusive content, live streams available only for subscribers. It's $4.99 a month. It's from Subtext. The link is in the description, and we'd appreciate it very much. All right. The keys to the quarterback competition this spring, which starts, would you believe, in a week? Spring football starts in a week. That is absolutely nuts. That's nuts. But Jackson Dart, Spencer Sanders, and Walker Howard will participate in spring football. In my opinion, the quarterback that does three things will be the starting quarterback against Mercer. Okay? Okay. First of all, does not turn over the football. I think this season, this offseason will be hyper-focused on protecting the football. As Coach O would always say, protect the ball. Second of all, we need quick decision-making. We need stuff to get out of your hands. Jackson Dart got into a lot of trouble, and the offensive line got blamed, let's say, for lack of pass blocking because the quarterback held on to the ball too much, trying to make plays downfield. Jackson Dart got hit all the time, and a lot of times it was really ugly, but most of those throws are designed to be, hey, 
second, second and a half, real quick out of your hand, go. Jackson Dart was holding that for three and a half second because he knew he had a post pattern or something downfield to where the wide receiver ran all the way across the field. He made those throws. They looked really pretty when he made them, but it was problematic. So run the offense, get the ball out of your hands quickly. Bill Flowers came on the show a couple weeks back talking about that. And lastly, run the offense. Use the middle of the field. Everybody knows about essentially Jackson Dart's linebacker blindness that he has at the moment. Nothing against him. I mean, we got spring practice to try and figure it out. But the important thing is, whoever wins this job at quarterback for Ole Miss needs to run the whole offense, which means you can't have that donut-sized hole in the middle of the field. That makes you easier to defend. Those linebackers, by the end of the year, were just teeing off on Quinshawn, sending more that can be blocked to make the running game struggle. Because the past game, they did not have to worry about a receiver behind them, RPOs running against them, um, the deep passes for the safety not being able to back them up. The jet sweeps weren't a part of the offense at the end of the year because of the snap issues early in the year. The offense by the end of the year was not good. I don't want anybody to say otherwise. It was not good. But it can be good. If it gets back to what was being run in 2020 and 2021, it has a chance to be really good. But they need to get back to that offense. They can't have that donut-sized hole. They need the jet sweeps. Even with a running back like Quinshawn, you need to affect the linebackers through the RPO game, the pass game, um, and the jet sweep game. Get them moving, especially with Quinshawn's ability to break tackles and move laterally quickly and turn a solid tackle into a glancing blow and turn a glancing blow into a missed tackle. His ability to do that is absolutely massive, but to emphasize that, to make that more important for Ole Miss's offense, it needs to be ran correctly with the jet sweep game, with the RPO game. Everything that's going on, that needs to be there. You can't take away a segment of the offense and let it be more productive. I always used to joke all the time when Matt Corral was the quarterback, this team can't go slow. It's literally an all-gas, no-breaks offense because if you try to slow it down, it affects the structure of the actual offense. And whenever you affect that structure, it becomes easier to defend. The tempo is important because without the tempo, the plays are easier. This is a relatively simple schematic offense of what they're doing. Because they move so fast, it has to be. So if you slow it down and give the defense time to process and know exactly what's going on, they're going to do a better job against it. If you're going to take away the middle of the field and let the linebackers tee off, they're going to come after it. It's going to look like the Sugar Bowl, the Texas Bowl. Those balls will be the way this will look. It just is what it is, honestly. So the three things that this quarterback competition, the keys, if you will, will be the quarterback that doesn't turn the ball over. And I'm including Walker Howard in this. Quarterback that doesn't turn the ball over. The quarterback that runs the offense. All quadrants of the field. All eight quadrants. And also the quarterback you ready? Are you ready for this? 
that gets the ball out of his hands quickly. If he does that, whoever does that the best out of those three quarterbacks will be the starting quarterback against Mercer on whatever, September 1st. Jackson Dart and Spencer Sanders both have holes in their game at the moment. It, it just does. It's not anything negative. It just is. Jackson Dart and Spencer Sanders, may neither one of them may be excellent fits for what we're doing. It, can it work? Yes. Can it be productive? Oh, yes, absolutely. Is it ideal? I don't know. But Walker Howard does have that full tool set. He is the five-tool player in the quarterback room. Most talented one in there. Can do all the stuff that this offense is requiring a quarterback to do. Now, him doing it, that's a different story. We need to see him get on the field and execute it. But as far as talent goes, he can absolutely do all the things that is required. So we'll see. Jackson Dart, Spencer Sanders, and Walker Howard. Now, a week from today, the competition actually begins. We'll get to see if Spencer Sanders is throwing a football because that's a question that's been going on for four weeks that just won't seem to die. Um, and then we'll see if Jackson Dart has gotten over his linebacker blindness, if he'll just run the offense and do what is required of him. And we'll see if Walker Howard can make a jump over you know, that quickly coming from a system at LSU that is a little bit different. It's going to be really interesting. This quarterback competition is going to be fun. I'm looking forward to that, and it should be really good. Anyway, when we come back, we will have John Gillespie of the Grove Report talking Chris Beard. Shocker, right? Anyway, stick around. Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and, in fact, available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Do us a favor. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the bell for notifications. Comment down below and upvote the video. We're up to like 3,500 subscribers. We appreciate that. Um, let's keep going. Our goal by the end of the year is 7,000. Don't know if we're going to get there, but 4,000 by June, 7,000 by the end of the year is the goal with football season. I'm here with John Gillespie, and we're going to talk about the big news that Ole Miss swept Purdue. No, I'm just kidding. Um, we're going to talk about Chris Beard and the hiring at Ole Miss. How are you doing, John? I am fantastic, Stephen. How are you? Pretty good. I'm celebrating the Big Ten Championship, um, obviously. Um, I still don't know how they dropped that first game against Maryland, but there's not. I, I predict there's going to be a team in the Big Ten that is going to finish below eight wins this season, and that Ole Miss would have. Yeah, Ole Miss would actually finish ahead of somebody that's actually in the conference. So I'm looking forward to see how how this looks out. Now, actually, we're talking about Purdue and sweeping, and when we're talking, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, and I, I just a, a baseball side note. I mean it. You know, who who would have thought that Ole Miss would be crowned uh, Big Ten national champions here in March? I mean, you know, that's just goes to show that's that's baseball, right? Like you <laughs> never really know exactly how it's gonna how it's gonna play out. No, I'm kidding, but uh, we do have some important stuff that that happened today. But that that was a uh, a kind of an impressive, not necessarily impressive, but it was a multifaceted series win for Ole Miss, if you will, this past weekend. Yeah, I'm glad they had to dig deep a little bit in that extra innings um, game. And even in the third game, they had to dig deep. Purdue, good ball club. There's some talent on that team. Um, we saw Nebraska. We saw Minnesota. But this Purdue team was a little bit different, at least when they came down here. And it was nice to see them having to dig deep and get it, with, especially with Vanderbilt coming up Thursday. Yeah, that's 
that's the big thing. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's not just that they had to dig deep because, you know, I, I think some fans will look at that and be like, okay, which a, a lot of people have a football mindset when it comes to baseball anyway, and you can't have that because baseball is so different. Um, but like people, some, some people may look at that and think that that was kind of a not good showing for Ole Miss, but I think it's actually kind of an important plus for them a little bit, especially going into conference play that they were challenged there a little bit, um, you know, had to go win a, had, had to go win a ball game late basically. And uh, I think that's because in SEC play, you have to do that all the time. And so it's good to go on and kind of get that momentum going a little bit, knowing that, Hey, okay, we're fixing to have to do this a lot. We've already done it once. Let's go do it again. Yeah, and let's actually go ahead and turn the page a little bit to the Chris Beard hiring. Ole Miss makes it official, the worst-kept secret in college basketball over about the last five days. My opinion, they're they're doing exactly what I wanted them to do, and that is just announce it on Tuesday. The NCAA tournament starts, and it's going to go away. They announced it on Monday. They're going to have his presentation today. If you're listening to this after 5 o'clock, they've already had it, but I like the way they've done this. I like the logistics of what this has put together. They have shown that they are actually really serious about college basketball because many people speculated that basketball was a Keith Carter passion project, and this absolutely proves that point. Now, there's a lot of people that are going to focus on the other stuff, and the other stuff, honestly, they would not have hired him if the stuff they dug came back with numerous red flags all over the place. We can assume that this was overly vetted by Keith Carter because he did not want to come back and have to deal with the repercussions of something going on. But overall, I think Ole Miss has proved that they are serious about their basketball program. He's traditionally won 70 games in his first year at um, Little Rock, Texas Tech, and Texas in his first year. 70 games. That's an average of 23 or 24 a season. Of course, a 30-win season with Little Rock kind of skews that a little bit. But what I think is going to happen, I, I'm I, as you can tell by the tone of my voice, I'm pretty excited about this, but I expect Ole Miss next year to have a season similar to what Vanderbilt had this year. I think early in the season, they're going to, they're going to be slow to get started, but by the end of the season, they're absolutely going to be a pain to deal with. Yeah, and I think one of your first points is something I really wanted to touch on, that I don't think we fully understand a lot of times how, okay, in this situation at least, I think sometimes we may have the the tendency to forget just how strongly this was likely vetted. Now, I don't have any sourcing for that at all. But with Keith Carter being a basketball guy, right, and him being the athletic director at Ole Miss, played basketball at Ole Miss, he would not have made this hire if he felt like the sky was going to fall with something. Does that make sense, what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I, I do think that he definitely did his due diligence there in making sure, okay, <clears throat> this guy is is going to be okay for our program, o- okay from a – you know, perspective standpoint and, you know, not going to cause any trouble for the program, that kind of thing. And also it's a big added bonus that he's just a really good basketball coach. I mean, like, you know, he, he wouldn't have been in, in this situation, you know, even considered for this job if he wasn't a really good basketball coach. But once they decided to start to dig and start to vet him a little bit, you know, had conversations with him and stuff, they decided it was the route to go. And, 
you know, I, I know that it's it's going to be kind of a polarizing topic for the next 48 hours or so. Uh, and that's understandable. It's kind of the news cycle era that we live in. Um, but I think you're absolutely right. This does show that Ole Miss is serious about basketball. I mean, they have a basketball guys in AD, so it does make sense. But with the upgrades that they did, I guess, almost 10 years ago now with the pavilion and everything, and now making a hire like this with such a national name, absolutely. I mean, they're, they're invested, and, and they should be. I mean, it's one of the three biggest sports in the country. It's one of the three biggest sports on campus. They, they should be invested. Yeah, and I put out a tweet today that surprisingly – getting a lot of traction and actually getting pushback from Arkansas fans, which is, that's absolutely bizarre. But between Lane Kiffin, Chris Beard, and Mike Bianco on campus, is there another big three coaching group in the Southeastern Conference that you would trade for that group? Personally, no. Hmm. Um, And I I think I can say that because for a multitude of reasons, I mean, I I don't think necessarily that, you know, Lane Kiffin is not, quote, the best football coach in the conference, so to speak, okay? But the things that they bring to the table for um, exposure of your school, exposure of your programs, because, you know, Kiffin is obviously a Twitter king, okay? I mean, we we can't really dispute that. Um, The things that he does, you know, the sound bites, the video clips, all that kind of stuff during games and everything, he brings so much exposure to Ole Miss football that it hadn't had for a long time. And then you add national names like Beard and then Mike Bianco, who just won a national championship. Yeah, I I personally would not trade another three for the three that Ole Miss has as of today. Yeah, and I was sitting here looking and thinking, it's like, which one, who would be even comparable to this three? In totality, now Nick Saban's obviously, he's the GOAT. You know, Lane Mm -hmm. Kiffin's not going to win that head-to-head. But whenever you take in Nick Saban and you add Nate Oates, who's a good coach, but he has not done what Chris Beard hit. Chris Beard's made it to a national championship game. And then Mike Bianco has won a national title, and Bohannon is nowhere near that. Mm-hmm. So in my opinion, Alabama's not necessarily in that thing. I think Auburn with Hugh Freeze, he did the Sugar Bowl thing at Ole Miss. Um, Bruce Pearl, I think, has been to a Final Four. Um, and then you have Butch Thompson, who has gone to the College World Series, maybe not advanced very far, but that's still a good three. But whenever you look at it and you start putting them together, I guess maybe the second best one behind Ole Miss, and that, in my opinion, would probably Tennessee with Josh Heupel, um, Rick Barnes, and Tony Vitello. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, I think I think – the ones out of the ones you just named, I would probably go Ole Miss, Tennessee, Auburn in that order because I'm actually a Butch Thompson fan. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I am. I think he's a good coach. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think even with the ones that Tennessee has, you know, Josh Heupel, kind of a a young young guy, energetic, a little bit like Kiffin. Um, I still don't think I would I would make that trade. And you know, say what you want about Tony Patello, but he has. You know that we we got to think too about what what Tennessee baseball was before he took over. Mm-hmm. So you're absolutely right that he has he has done a really good job. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think you're right. I don't think from an Ole Miss perspective, I would make that trade. And that's kind of crazy to think about, right? Thinking historically about where Ole Miss has been. I mean, there have been spurts of really good success, really good coaches, that kind of thing. But has there ever really been? 
an era like what we may be entering into. Now, I don't, I don't want to predict that, hey, you know, Ole Miss is going to the Final Four in three years. I don't necessarily want to say that, but I'm just saying that from a coaching talent perspective, uh, in at least in my lifetime in the big three sports, I don't think Ole Miss has been there until today. Yeah, add Coach Yo to that, and you could almost do a big four type thing with her. Um, also, next 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 selection Sunday, I do think Ole Miss is going to be watching that with interest. They might not make it, but I do think they're going to be watching that with interest. Real quick before we get out of here, what do you think this means? This this whole thing means. Well, I think for for one, Ole Miss, like we said, is serious about basketball. Um, I think also two. It means that, and I think we had already seen this. I think you and I had already discussed this a little bit, but it shows Keith Carter is not afraid to make a hire that may get some pushback because Lane Kiffin first, okay, that that got some pushback. And then with this, but it shows that, in my opinion, from the outside looking in, that, that Keith Carter, one, wants these programs on campus to be very successful. And he's going to make hires that he feels comfortable with of, of good coaches who are, who he believes are able to take him to that level. And um, yeah, I, I think that it's, it's, it shows those two things mainly. And, and I think that, um, you know, re- really a lot of this reflects back on Keith Carter, just in my opinion, just the, you know, cause I, I was among those who, when he first got the full-time gig that, you know, that, that whole losing the interim tag thing was, was kind of weird for a lot of people. But I think he's shown that he is more than capable to pull the trigger when it gets tough. Yeah, and also I think it's important for people to realize, I do believe Glenn Boyce is also a basketball guy um, in his background. So I imagine this hire was, A, extremely important and a kind of a passion project for both of them, which means it would have been overly vetted. Don't under, don't misunderstand the fact that think that they just brushed over this. No, they probably checked it six times before they decided to do this. And once they decided, it was like, hey, honestly, I'll, I'll, I'll say this. I think they went into this expecting to vet it and to find a red flag and excuse not to hire him. I think that was the goal, just to find an official thing that you can give to the fan base that you actually looked that way and done it. And then whenever they looked into it, and by the time it was at the end, it was like, well, we have to hire this guy. And and I think that's probably the way this went down. Yeah, and one 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 last thing before we get off, that Glenn Boyce, I think, had to be invested in this hire because you and I both know that sports are the front door exposure for your school for enrollment. We've seen enrollment improve since Lane Kiffin got in Oxford. And I think college basketball is just another extension of that. It, it, you know, not only is this an, an athletics thing, but those who care about student enrollment, student involvement, that kind of thing, care about the health of the university as a whole, they have to be involved as well, have to be very invested in things like this. So, yeah, I, th- I think you're absolutely right. Thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Now you can check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. There's a new video up on Locked On College Basketball about the NCAA bracket, so check that out. Everything you need to know about the college basketball scene in one place. Plus, you get to hear from big-name experts, insiders, coaches, and players 
Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Isaac Shade, I think is his last name, is going to be on the show. He's Andy Patton's partner. He's going to come on and talk about this later on in the week. Anyway, John, thank you very much for stopping by, man. Um, good luck. As I guess I imagine the next 48 hours are going to be pretty eventful for you. <laughs> I appreciate it, Stephen. Thank you. All right. Take care, buddy.